Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 126, and I'm sat here in Berlin, Germany, as always. And as always, I'm sat digitally across the boardroom table from my number one prince of podcasting. It's got to be the one called... John Maloney. And John, before the pod started this morning, I sent you the music video of... Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. And you and me were both nodding our heads going, mm. You might have noticed that before that song starts, you hear a haunting, I want my, mm-hmm. I want my MTV. I found, mm. I was listening to that while I was yeah. jogging. Yeah. Dire Straits came, because I have a cool Spotify playlist that's called... The sad old white man jogging playlist and a lot of <laughs> dire straits comes yeah. up on that. It's my favorite list. And uh, mm. it actually got to the end of that song and I could hear the I Want My MTV. Mm. And I said, that sounds a lot like Sting. And sure enough, I looked it up and it's Sting. So there what? you go. At the start of Money for Nothing by Dire Straits, when you hear that, I want my MTV. <clears throat> and you also notice that that I Want My MTV, it's pretty much the same melody as, don't stare so close to me. Mm. From the police. Yeah. So a little bit of trivia out there for everybody. Dads, if you're in the car with your kids this week, <laughs> make sure you play them Money for Nothing by Dire Straits from 1985. Mm-hmm. And then do what I've just done now. Maybe you've got a six-year-old daughter and she sat next to you and you just just stop the Spotify in the car and say, darling, who do you think that haunting falsetto vocal is at the start of Money for <laughs> Nothing by Dire Straits? <laughs> Yeah, and, and see it. if she gets it right. If you get it wrong, then you can walk the rest of the way. <laughs> <laughs> and if she gets it right, then I think you've probably got the next coming of the Dalai Lama, and she should be taken <laughs> immediately to Tibet. Yeah, that's the that's the test now. <laughs> Basic my my test for child for for enlightened child mm-hmm. is. Can you can you pick which various singers are hid, which famous singers are hidden in the background of famous <laughs> songs? <laughs> What's the other one? Michael Jackson is Michael Jackson sings the chorus on um, on that uh, somebody's watching me, which is uh, I got this feeling somebody's watching, watching me. Yeah, that was by really? a guy called Rock. That was by a guy called Rockwell, who's like a one hit mm. wonder. But I think that mm-hmm. song came out on Motown. And Jackson oh. was was kicking around or a new Rockwell. So it's Michael Jackson singing the chorus. What? Why is that song doing the rounds now? <laughs> I don't know. It's always it's always around that song. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of come a, come onto my radar only more recently. Or maybe it's just because like every time I hear a song by the weekend, I feel like I'm listening to Michael Jackson's. So yeah, kinda... absolutely. Then why do I always feel that I'm in the twilight zone and I'm like this feeling somebody's watching me. Do you know why Sting was singing about wanting his MTV? Uh, probably just because he's best mates with Mark Knopfler. Mm. I mean, what a cool, what a, imagine if you got to hang out with those cool cats in the 1980s. Yeah. If you just went around, if you just popped into a house in the Hollywood Hills in nine, in the mid 80s and it was just yeah. Knopfler's, Knopfler's and Stang. Hanging out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'd have a best night swimming in the pool with mm. Stang. And Sting Noffles. would be teaching you how to do edge, <laughs> how to how to do edging. 
<laughs> He'd just be crumpled yeah. by the side of the pool going. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, Alex. Come on, close, but don't don't go over the edge. That's that's, that's what that's the no. that's the name of the, that's the name no, of the game. No, you've done it. You've done it again. Okay, oh, no. we'll wait twenty minutes and now give it another need, go. Yeah, now we need to now we need to wait for the pool filter to do it for us again. Then, now we. And we can get back in out of the water, everybody. Alex has messed it up. Out of the water. <laughs> so, well, in the last couple of weeks, as I've briefly mentioned to you, off the waves, as we say, um, I have had a fortuitous meeting uh, with a man who features in both of our pasts. And yeah. I think is a kind of is a person who is a little bit tied to the history of our friendship and therefore this podcast in a way. And that is, uh, Andrew, Mr. Andrew O'Neill, um, yeah. who was our year five teacher, the year that we met 1993, year zero of the don't praise the machine universe. And, yes. uh, he, I guess is part of the reason that we, or perhaps part of the context for us, uh, first becoming friends in that year, we were in Mr. O'Neill's class, which I think was five gold, if I'm not mistaken. And Wow. Uh, I had and, not thought about the gold. And would the other one have been blue? Yeah, there was maybe red, blue, and gold. I don't know why that wow. was the case. I have not thought of that in a million years. <laughs> and, uh, and Mr. O'Neill liked to keep it hip and casual. He kept the windows open. He put triple J on. That was the kind of vibe. Wow. Your, your memory of this is really a good John. Fuck. Yeah. I had, I mean, I, uh, part of the reason for that is because it was a bit of a pivotal class for me. I'd just come from Perth to Adelaide. I was feeling pretty, uh, low in my, uh, expectations of school. And, yeah. uh, I guess particularly being then, sent to a, to, to a, to a fairly strict Catholic school. Yeah, you know, exactly. There's going to be a lot of windows open in Triple J. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, and in Perth, I didn't really enjoy school. But then within a couple of months of uh, coming into Mr. O'Neill's class, I um, things had turned around. I was getting a lot of, you remember he had a whiteboard at the, at the head of the class whenever anyone used a cool word in a story that they'd written. Uh, wow. And so I would get a cool word on the board. And I also had... Uh, my very first headmaster's essay prize by the end of that year, which was, um, kind of the Pulitzer for, uh, <laughs> for, for children's essays at St. Ignatius, I guess. So it was a fairly big deal, um, within the, within the context that we were operating. And, uh, so he's a bit of an unsung hero of the podcast, Mr. O'Neill. And he, um, he walked up to me in the city. He was visiting Melbourne and, uh, he recognized me and we had a bit of a chat and he reminded me that I had, he, it was very, it was very, um, it was very impressive that he managed to remember quite a bit about me off the bat. He said, oh, and this is just, just for context, John, this was a total chance meeting. He does not even live in Melbourne. Yeah. I was just exiting the gym in the city dressed in my daggy gym clothes he doesn't live in Melbourne. He lives in Queensland these days. And he was, um, just visiting and he said, John Maloney. And I was like, oh my God. And, wow. uh, you recognized him immediately. 
I did. Yes. He's, uh, he's aged very well. I don't mind saying. And, uh, so he was quite recognizable and he, um, said the thing that I remember about you is that you wanted to be a writer and you decided that yeah. somebody had told you that, uh, writers didn't have to pay tax in Ireland. So you wanted to move <laughs> to, you wanted to move to Ireland and, uh, and become a writer. And he said, what are you doing here? Why aren't, why aren't you in Ireland being a writer? What a cool kid you were trying to minimize tax at yeah, 10 I was years a, old. I was a mix of creative aspirations and just cold, hard financial prudence uh, when I was a kid. Mr. O'Neill, what career won't trigger a tax event? Mm. Exactly. How do I avoid uh, having to give Uncle Sam any of my capital gains? <laughs> and he said... <laughs> And he said, the best thing you can do is pursue a career that you won't earn enough money to have to pay tax. And that's right, writer. And it was probably that my, I said to my dad, I want to be a writer. And he said, you better make that as financially prudent as possible. Otherwise (laughs) off the table. Um, And he said, and he remembered your dad, who was a, was a teacher at the school quite well. And he remembered, as I say, he remembered that I wanted to be a writer and uh, live in Ireland and also that I um, was playing wheelchair basketball at that time and I wanted to play for Australia. And he said, has all of that come to pass? And I said, <laughs> and I said no, I'm a, I'm a, he said, what do, you, what do you mean? What do you do these days? And I said, I'm a lawyer. And he said, after everything that happened in that class, you became a lawyer? He said, but I did everything right. Didn't your dreams come true? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I nourished your best parts and you became just a filthy ambulance chaser. <laughs> I opened the windows. I put Triple J on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's, he's poss- quite possibly listening to the podcast because um, he was dimly aware that we had a podcast, which is very flattering, and uh, said it, he wasn't really a podcast listener, but he'd give it a go. Hopefully he's made it at least to episode 126 by now. But, um, so that was lovely, uh, except for his disappointment that I'd, no, he wasn't really disappointed that I became a boy. And then we caught up a week later and had a cup of coffee and a chat. And it was great because he was always like, when people say to you, you know, was there a, like a teacher that you remember distinctly as a kind of formative teacher? He was really that kind of teacher for me. So it was a real... Mm. It was high stakes because I was like, what if we have a coffee and he turns out to be an awful man and uh, <laughs> then I'll have to, I'll have to, have, I'll have an identity crisis. But he's... Just like slapping the waitress on the butt as she leaves <laughs> yeah, exactly. your coffee. Thanks a lot, love. What, what do you reckon about that, John? Yeah. <laughs> John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just went, we just went down to King Street, went to a strip club together, which was great. Um he was like, and, your, uh, he was your Mr. Bergstrom. He was my Mr. Bergstrom. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, for those of you who don't know who Mr. Bergstrom is, you really have no business listening <laughs> to this podcast. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I do have a bone to pick with him as I think you might as well, which is that, um, and I don't want to make things difficult between us, but which is that. Uh, one thing that I remembered in as much as we both had memories of that time together, because he was my teacher in year five and again in year seven, and I can't 
remember which of these years it happened, but at some yeah, point we... I think, I think it was year five. Yeah, okay. At some point we were told to uh, make a special collection of things, maybe write something to ourselves, maybe bring a cool object in, and we were going to bury it in a time capsule. And uh, if I remember correctly, no doubt you'll correct me if I'm wrong, we were going to go back in the year 2001, which seemed like the distant future when we did that, right. and, uh, <clears throat> and dig it up and discover who we dreamt of being. And maybe if that had happened, I wouldn't have lost my way and become a lawyer. <laughs> but, uh, but instead, Mr. O'Neill moved to Queensland, and as far as I know, the time capsule is either still there or possibly was dug up when the primary school was renovated and uh, is ruined. But if it's the former, um, then I'd you like remember to make... what you, you remember where it is or was? <sighs> I don't think I do really. I, think, I do. Do you? I have a vague yeah. feeling that it was where, that it was kind of near the um, handball courts, like on the, that corner of the oval. Correct. Uh, that's exactly okay. where it is, John. So it was, wow, it was the, I remember it, that. it was I don't even the... remember where I put my fucking keys 10 minutes ago, but I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> but you're like a steel trap for time capsules. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's between, it's the boundary of the, of the kind of recess area, the plague, the, the asphalted area, mm. and then the, the oval. It's, mm. it's kind of at the yeah. foot of the that's oval. exactly where I remember it. Yeah. And... Then there, well, there was probably some p- kind of marking stone that we maybe maybe just a, maybe a a small piece of concrete that was put to mark where it mm, was. Okay. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, they did, have you re- they changed a fair bit of the primary school. I went back there a couple of years ago to wander around and relive my childhood, but uh, I don't think I went to the uh, to the time capsule area, and I didn't have a shovel on me, so. Do you remember what you put in to the time capsule? What was your boyhood mm. dreams of 1993? What was happening in 1993? Mm, that that's you a thought? good question. It's not unlikely that I put a, a basketball card in there because that was around yeah. the time that I was rocking a real good uh, upper deck basketball card collection. Yeah. And I still have most of that collection. Um, it's in a safety deposit box obviously it's not in my home for anyone who's planning a, listening to this and planning a home invasion um i don't keep it on the premises but um uh yeah i reckon i probably would have done that i think i also put in a letter to my future self like a little wow. story to my future self which i'm pretty sure i wrote on it um i want to be a writer and a lawyer and probably also something really about, you would you yeah. would have put lawyer i'm wow. pretty sure i put lawyer yeah and pr- it's probably something about, you know, um, franking credits or something, knowing that I was, a, I was obviously a tax head in those days. So <laughs> it would have been something in there about capital gains or franking. I want to minimize my tax. Mm, exactly. Um, how, I just want you to be the kind of adult that's, that's getting all your deductibles uh, and, <laughs> and not wrote it. Not missing out on any potential deductions. I wrote a treatise on mm. the benefits of negative gearing. Yeah. I was a real, uh, I was a staunch libertarian when I was a 10-year-old. <laughs> um, but uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. Do you remember what you put in? Yeah, I just re- I remember. T- it's funny actually what you remember <clears throat> about what you remember about those years. I remember about the time capsule that we'd been given a certain amount of time to to prepare whatever we were going to put in. Mm-hmm. And I remember that I pretty much did mine the night before. Classic <laughs> whole bag. I just like threw something together. Yeah. And I remember handing it in. And I remember just Mr. A, a snack. You put a <laughs> snack in. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember that when I handed in what I wanted to, I was like, this will be good for the time capsule. And I think it looked pretty... Piss week compared to what everybody else had done. Right. I think a lot of other people had put, and I think Mr. O'Neill was slightly disappointed. And I think he said to me something like, "This is pretty average effort." And I was like, "Yeah." And he was he was right. He was like one hundred percent right. He'd probably yeah. he'd put all this thought into I'm going to do something yeah uh, lovely for these for these young boys mm. and they will take it out one day when they are men and tears will stream down their face. Yeah, and I just. I think I pretty much just wrote like on an A4 sheet of paper the story about Michael Jackson <laughs> and then probably, probably, one probably of your, just used... One of your offensive caricatures of one of the teachers probably. Oh, yeah, we did. We had the class newspaper as well. <laughs> oh, remember, that's right. Yeah. Um, I used to do cartoons. He started a class newspaper and I would do articles <laughs> just on culture war issues. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I remember him saying, oh, you know, I, I've put quite, I, was, I think he was basically saying, look, I've put a bit of thought into this. We all have. Yeah. And you've turned, you've turned up with a crumpled bit of paper with a bit of <laughs> glitter, with a bit of glitter glued to it. And you've just done a, quite an average picture of Michael Jackson. You've done an, you've done an arrow pointing to it and written meet him. That's all you've, that's all. <laughs> That's why you're committing to time. (laughs) And and then I think it would have just been months later that the first scandal for Mm. Michael Jackson exploded. There you go. Uh, So that was back in 93 was a a much pure mid-93. Yeah. Time capsule. Whenever that time capsule was put in was pre the first boy (laughs) allegation. Everybody, that was Jordan Chandler. If everybody's looking for Michael Jackson's first accuser, you're thinking of a young... (laughs) Jordan Chandler. I know them all. I know them all. I'm deep in the Jackson. He's trying to be his biographer. Uh, that's what I remember. Wow. That's what I remember. And I remember the axolotls. You tell you tell everyone now about what an axolotl is and was. Yeah, there was an axolotl. Wow, there you go. I remember. Um, I remember it was my first ever axolotl that I'd encountered, and it's also known as the Mexican walking fish, and it's a basic. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a kind of gecko-like uh, animal that I, I can't remember if it. I think it can actually breathe underwater. It's like a, it's like a uh, lizard with gills that swims around. Yeah, and we had one in a little I, tank in the classroom. Yeah, Mr. O'Neill said, "I'll get you know what you boys need to lead you on the path to healthy masculinity." Is a tank full of axolotls. These like funny little slime. And I I remember the thing he said was, I I can't remember if their legs eventually. There's something that happens to them Mm. years later. Or this was the story was if you just kept them for years, it's either they grew legs or lost legs, or I think transformed into something else. I think if you chop their legs off, uh, then then they can grow them back. And uh, 
that gave me unrealistic expectations about <laughs> my own capacity <laughs> to regenerate. <laughs> <laughs> but so, um, but there was so the time capsule. It was it's sitting there waiting. You put you put the axolotl in there. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> you entombed the class That's axolotl. <laughs> <laughs> he said bye bye Pedro and then just shut the <laughs> shut the lid. <laughs> I just wrapped it wrapped it in a little bit of damp toilet paper and th- chucked a chucked a bit of glitter on it and said, I can't wait to see it in twenty years. Don't worry, your limbs will grow back. <laughs> <laughs> so did we open that capsule? We didn't we never did. And um what I'm proposing to any DPTMers who are also class of five gold 1993 <laughs> students, get in touch. We've got to set this right. We've got to set a date. We've got to go down to the corner of the oval. We've got to dig it up. And if it's gone, I don't know what I'll do. I just, uh, <clears throat> I just will lose my bearings because I've been really waiting for my kind of, um, what's the, what's the thing from Citizen Kane? It's my rosebud. Sure. Yeah. The um, the the time capsule is really my rosebud, and if I don't <laughs> find it, then I think I'll never get back to knowing what kind of man I dreamt of being, and I'll just become, I'll just go further and further down this soulless path that I've chosen, and I'll never have a kind of <laughs> Peter Pan esque awakening. But um. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. And Mr. O'Neill or Andy, I suppose I can call you now that we're both adults. Uh, if you're listening, uh, get on board, come down to Norwood in South Australia. I presume you've got the coordinates, uh, written down somewhere. Um, or you've got a, (laughs) you've got the, you've got the, you probably got the, uh, you've probably got the code to open the time capsule somewhere. So, so you're really instrumental. Got the combination. Recording this podcast on my brand new laptop, I don't mind telling you. And I want you to know that there's not a hint of fan noise up until I think two episodes ago. All podcasts were recorded on my 2014 MacBook Pro, which is pretty incredible that I mm. had a laptop from 2014, mm. which still could do all the things that I needed to do. It could write an entire album of music hmm. if I needed it to. It was starting to struggle a little bit with video. Right. And definitely the, the fans were kicking on. Mm. But, yeah, it was able to do everything that I really wanted it to up until a few weeks ago. Now, mm-hmm. I had had my eye on a brand new laptop for about a year. Mm-hmm. And me being the little bargain hunter that I am... <laughs> mm-hmm. I 
knew well and good that the cheapest Apple products you can get, I think in the world, is from the United States. Mm. Uh, they are very expensive once they get to Germany. And so I want to give a special shout out to my friend Sammy Sam Cook because I have to give a shout out to Sam and Claire in this. Mm-hmm. I've retold this this anecdote so many times that I was telling it on I was telling it on my running group on Sunday to yeah. somebody and my friend Philip came over and heard like two words and just rolled his eyes and said, Is this the fucking laptop story <laughs> again? So Sam, my dear friend Sam, who lives in London, mm-hmm. Sam, uh, I follow Sam on Instagram a yep. couple of months I. ago. A couple of months ago, maybe six weeks ago, Sammy posted on her Instagram stories and I could see that she was with her family. So Sammy's originally from Blacksburg, Virginia. Mm-hmm. So I saw that she was hanging with the, hanging with the Cook clan. Mm. And so I was like, oh my God, Sam's in America. Sam is one <laughs> of my most trustworthy and dearest friends. Mm. If there's, there's, not a, there's not a lot of people that you can say to can you buy something for me that costs thousands of dollars mm. and they will, you know, there's like, that's a small little group of people, I think in most people's lives. Sure. And so the, f- the first thing that I did was I just went straight on to Best Buy, which mm-hmm. is like the American equivalent of like office works in Australia or any, or, or Saturn or Media Markt in Germany. It's a big electrical kind okay. of homewaresy, everything store. Yep. And I looked up the price of the laptop that I had my eye on for so, so long. <laughs> and it was 700 euros cheaper than it's going to be if wow. I go down and buy it yeah. down the road mm-hmm. in Berlin. And so I went on the Best Buy website and I was like, where is the nearest Best Buy to Blacksburg, <laughs> Virginia? <laughs> and it was about a 14 minute drive away in a neighboring town. And then huh. I just texted Sammy. I was with I was with my cousin Henry. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I started getting all excited, like like bloody concert tickets had just gone on sale. And I had to <laughs> I had to frantically jump on the website to get them before they sort out. And I was like, I sort of stopped Henry mid-sentence, look staring at my phone screen, going, just a second, Henry, just a second. I said to call Sam, just one second, just one second. <laughs> and then I like I messaged Sam and I was like, Sam, are you in Blacksburg? And she went, Yes. Mm-hmm. And I said, would it be okay if you just drove 14 minutes to the best buy in the neighboring town and bought me an M1 MacBook Pro 14-inch screen with the upgraded one terabyte hard drive, please? And then we please just take it in your bag back to London and then I'll just work out how to get it later. Yeah. And she went, yes, I will do this for you, Al. And That's I was very like, this is, a, this is amazing. Yeah. And then Sammy just went straight away and bought it. Mm. Popped it in her suitcase, flew back to London with mm. it, and uh, and then I was going to go to London, but I've already been there a handful. Of, I've been there three times this year. Yeah, I was going to go and pick it up, and then I wrote to my dear friend Claire, mm. who is also part of the crew in London. I said, Claire, I've known you so many years. I love you so much, but I noticed you haven't been to Berlin this year, <laughs> and you were like. 
sitting at your table doing the maths and you were like, I'm going to blow my overheads <laughs> if I've got to fly to London. <laughs> That's the thing. I was looking at it going, look, okay, so I've saved 700 euro, but yeah. that's, just gonna, that's just, if I spend three days in London, that's going to go down to 300 maybe, I'll say. What's the point? <laughs> I haven't even factored in the time I would have wasted going to fly to London <laughs> yeah, and back. Right. Emotional toll that it would have on me. <laughs> you can't put a price on that. No. And then uh, and I said to Claire, do you want to have the best goddamn weekend you ever had in your whole life? Come over <laughs> here and hang out with me. Mm. And Claire said, yes, I will come and bring your laptop. Mm. And then had a very funny few she, back and forth she with taped Claire that it, week. taped it to her stomach <laughs> under her shirt. Went through customs. Uh, and, uh, and then I had a very funny week doing things like texting Claire, things like... <laughs> Like I would just send Claire a WhatsApp message that said, that said, we're going to have such a good time. I can't wait to see you again, computer. I mean, Claire. <laughs> and yeah. So then Claire flew all the way from London to Berlin with this laptop. Can't wait to be, give it, my laptop a big hug. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that we've known each other for over 20 years now. Laptop. Oh, thank you. Such a great laptop to me and then i and then i have the final stage was i just i just plugged it in and if everything worked i mm. just couldn't believe that i'd had a dream come true i mm. saved myself 700 euro and all i had to do was put a fairly decent imposition on two very good friends of mine yeah and i uh, appreciate so that's i want to give a shout out to sam and claire and so john now we're recording fan free yeah i can t- I can, I can hear the difference. It's whisper quiet over there. What would you think about that anecdote at a dinner party? <laughs> Everybody, let me tell you how to save seven hundred euro on Apple M1 MacBook Pro. The tale of all you've got to do is uh, to put significant strain on a couple of friendships. <laughs> <laughs> You have to ask a friend yeah. to pay. You have to like borrow 1600 USD off a friend. <laughs> that's, part, that's part of it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you got you to gotta outlay a bit of capital to, to save money. That's how it works. Yeah. And sometimes you have to go through intermediaries. And I mean, if you ask me to do it, God knows what would <laughs> Fucking would have been like pizza in the CD drive. Um, <laughs> if... If you if you managed to hold on to it for the time between yeah. having bought it and needing to get it to me, mm. you'd be like, you'd walk out of Best Buy, exactly. And you'd, go, you'd go, oh, I've got this bloody laptop, and you'd reach in your backpack and you'd have left it somewhere, <laughs> not be in there. <laughs> I just left it at the checkout counter, and then <laughs> you'd get it, and then be all just, just like crumbs in the keyboard. You're like, well, have you been? <laughs> Have you been using this? <laughs> How did you do that? Still in the box. How, why is there gum on the screen and crumbs in the keyboard? Yeah. Why is that? Why when I turned on was there already a profile set up mm. called Funky Boy ninety two with <laughs> your face in there? Little... <laughs> yeah. Why doesn't? Why does it have a floppy disk drive? I don't even know it's they all... did that. Why? Why did you have so many subscriptions to Twitch? You've been watching game streamers <laughs> yeah, all day. Right. It's a beautiful. <laughs> just ring you up in a machine. panic and go. Um, so the guy at Best Buy said you had to go to the settings and say clear browsing history 
<laughs> and just just select for all time. <laughs> so it's uh it's a beautiful machine. It's making mm-hmm. all my dreams come true. And I wrote a little song about my because these are the new Macs that ha- use the Apple silicon chips that mm. they started kicking out. I think in 2020. Before that, they used Intel chips, which mm-hmm. were not as integrated. And then in around 2020, 2021, Apple started shipping devices with their own specially made chips, which are just great. Anybody, look, there's going to be some Apple silicon heads out there that know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Anyone that's bought an Apple computer uh, in the last three years, they're going to be rocking the silicon chips and they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. And Tim Cook, I just want to give a shout out to Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple. He's doing a great job. I mean, what's what do you got in your pocket right now, John? What kind of device? I've got... Uh, none other than the Apple 12 yes. Pro. And we want to, and, t- that, and Tim Cook's making sure you're having a great time. It's with good. Your phone. It runs like a dream. Um, I've taken it to some very strange corners of the internet, but nothing's ever gone wrong with it. <laughs> and uh, and I refuse to install antivirus software because I trust Tim Cook. I know that he isn't going to let any harm come to me. Uh, yeah. It stood me in good stead. And in that spirit, I've written a little, I don't know if you'd say it's a song, it's four lines, but mm-hmm. because I was so inspired by my computer, I wrote, I, wrote a little, I wrote a little poem, I guess. It goes like, and just, I'm going to perform it now. It okay. Like <clears throat> Thank you, Tim Cook, for the Apple Silicon Chip. It's a speedy dream that I never thought I could have. <laughs> Thank you, Tim Cook, for the Apple Silicon Chip. How could I have known that you'd do me like that? <laughs> Thank you, Tim Cook, for the Apple Silicon chip. It's a speedy dream that I never thought I could have. Thank you, Tim Cook, for the Apple Silicon chip. How could I have known that you'd do me like that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's some of your best work. <laughs> Use that in the next uh, ad campaign. <laughs> yeah, forget about forget about finding like the hottest new song for your next campaign. Apple, that is it right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's reminding me of when you used to. There was that movie which never really did very well called Secret Garden, and uh, yeah, there's like a stupid chant that they do trying to summon <laughs> a spirit, which you just yeah. like got in your head, and you kept repeating it. How did it go? You can tell me how it, goes, it went. Oh, Manatoya, please come to me. Send me my father. <laughs> Set his spirit free. <laughs> you could adapt that fairly easily. Send me my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> So while those of our listeners who have been online lately, at least in Australia, will be familiar, I think I certainly am being overwhelmed with it with two uh, products that are being marketed or two brands that are being marketed aggressively on social media. And those are called, one of them is called Henry and one of them is called Pilot. And 
at first blush, they're quite different products. Henry is your kind of, um, is, is basically an accounting software for, uh, self-employed professionals such as myself. And I'm too scared to use anything other than accountant because I'm, mm. uh, I, even if I was assisted by software, I'd manage to fuck it up and end up in jail. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but it's for people who can, you know, it's like a DIY accounting software thing. And Pilot is, uh, I believe, a kind of um, company that deals with erectile dysfunction and sexual health issues in men, for men. Okay. And uh, the thing that no I've found about both of those products is that they must be, I think, probably... Uh, their their marketing must be managed by the same company because they have strikingly similar advertising styles and some of the same actors in both of the ad campaigns. But the thing that's interesting about it, which is indicative, I think, of a wider trend, is that when you first see, let's take Pilot for an example, when you first see the ad, it's not immediately clear that it's an ad because you'll be, let's say you're in the kind of you know, just roaming around Instagram stories and you see a lot of content, which is framed as snippets from a podcast, like pithy yeah. snippets from, you know, they might be something from, from a comedy podcast. They might be something from someone like Joe Rogan. And then, yeah. and it's a, it's, it's a video, obviously it's like, it's a video of people sitting behind microphones with a certain style of lighting, exactly. and a certain kind people are arranged on couches in a way that says, this is a, kind of high-end pod, like fun hang podcast, exactly. reputable podcast <clears throat> that you're looking at. Yeah. Fun hang podcast. Exactly. You've got a studio with some soft furnishing and people are having fun, having a good chat. And in the, in this case, you've got this guy who is having a chat, having a laugh with somebody on the couch and um, he's interviewing them and he's saying, so you've been a creative freelancer for how long? And they say, oh, about seven years. And they go, and he goes, and who's doing your tax? And he kind of asks it in this like, you know, like a kind of as if you were just having a conversational pod chat with someone. And they're like, uh, oh, I do it myself. Uh, and he goes, oh, mate, you got to get on Henry, blah, 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 blah. And then you realize it's just a fucking <laughs> ad for Henry. And this guy's pretending <laughs> that he that he runs a podcast. So my favorite thing to do is just comment on whenever I see one, just comment <laughs> saying, this is my favorite podcast <laughs> or what <laughs> podcast is this? Uh, and, uh, and it's strange because this same guy who's, I've got to, I'd love to find out his name. He's obviously a, um, kind of a, I suppose he's just an actor who does whatever he gets paid for, but he's, he's pretending to be, uh, this podcast host and talking about, um, talking about tax software, but then you'll see a very similar style of ad. So like, again, a kind of mock up podcast and then he'll be the same sort of character, a podcast host, but he's now suddenly talking about how he can't get it up and he needs to take pilot products and he swears by these erectile dysfunction fills. And he's interviewing this woman who's claiming to be a sex worker who's saying that like she finds it really attractive when men uh, can take their problems in hand by, you know, popping a pill and getting a getting hard. And uh and then he just says, yeah, you got to, you go to pilot. They've got a, you know, real doctors that you can talk to and they give you these pills and they're really, they work every time and blah, 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 blah. And it's a strange thing where obviously marketing has, um, has evolved to this point where it's, I mean, unsurprisingly, I guess 
advertising people are looking at the kind of content that's hit, getting a lot of hits on TikTok or whatever, or Instagram, and they're just basically saying, okay, we need to update the kind of old-fashioned fly-on-the-wall, fake testimonial type of ad that you might have, mm. you know, you might have previously seen two people in a kitchen who just claim to be, you know, who just seem to be having a random chat, but then it, this is a kind of, it's the same effect, really. It's like fake authenticity, and then you realize that they just act as playing a particular role. And the other thing is you might click on it because you initially think, oh, this will be like an extract from a podcast that I might want to listen to or whatever. And the other thing that I've noticed, which uh, which was for hair loss products in Australia, was a style of ad where they are pretending to be, it's pretending to be a snippet from a stand-up set. So there's a guy uh-huh. who's telling a joke about how he went on a date and he took his hat off and the girl was really disappointed to see his bald head. But then he just starts talking about, he just sort of segues in the same like, conversational style into like talking about how he uses this hair product, like hair replacement Uh, product that they sell. And, uh, again, it's like obviously geared towards just people wandering around, not, you know, being, being kind of, uh, on autopilot and thinking, oh, this is just another clip of a bit of stand up or a bit of podcast. And, uh, it's a weird evolution in advertising that I've only really noticed becoming super common in the last I don't know, three or four months probably. Have you seen this? It's interesting. Yeah, you sent the podcast one to me, which is quite Mm. funny because it's kind of cringe, but then I was thinking, oh, maybe it's deliberately cringe. And I was reading the comments on the Facebook advertisement and everybody, what I mean, what it seemed to be very effective at was Mm. people seem to know that it's not a real podcast and Mm. it's an ad. But nobody, I don't know if they are monitoring comments and whatnot, Yeah. but all the comments that I saw were people tagging their mates like, oh, this will be funny for Jono, this will be funny for Bozo, this will yeah, be yeah. fine, this hilarious is like Wixie or yeah. something like that. And so <laughs> yeah. the comments are just all people, which is exactly what the campaign wants. It mm. wants to ex- expand its reach or mm. engagement and those kind of shares are actually metrics that will be measured very close. I mean, those kind of campaigns have goals that are set at the start, which mm-hmm. include shares, likes, mm. comments, and they will have said, we, we for this much ad spend, because they'd be spending tons of money to get mm-hmm. those ads mm-hmm. popping up as much as they are on yeah, Facebook surely. and Instagram. I'm assuming what's happened is that they, that company Pilot is a startup that's got a bunch of like seed capital invested into it. Yeah a big portion of that will have been put into advertising. Mm-hmm. And so they will have thought, okay, like we've got X amount of ad spend. Yeah. going to put these ads on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And then they're fighting against people just scrolling away from mm. what they would perceive as an advertisement. So mm. if you can, if you can kind of confuse people uh, enough within the first, <laughs> yeah. like three three seconds yep. where somebody you know you're swiping you're on facebook you're swiping through hilarious content of yeah you know cute animals and some hilarious russian dashboard camera yeah if you just got if, if suddenly the first and the next thing that jumps up is a lame ass testimonial where you know you're being advertised to yeah. in the first second you're just going to scroll away yeah so if suddenly you're present you're presented with something that looks like a podcast mm. and it's the very fact that it will have come up in your feed mm. Without you being really conscious of it, you'll go 
your brain will go, oh, whatever video I'm being served after a, I just saw a Russian dash cam video that had 10 million views. Mm. So I'm sure whatever I'm being presented with now also yeah. has millions of views for some reason. So it must be interesting. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then it actually takes quite a while to work out that it's not a totally. real And also the, the, the pacing of it is really geared towards like sucking you in for those first few seconds because the they're talking at this kind of speedy rate and getting all this information across quite quickly. But the sort of rapid fire, very kind of natural seeming back and forth is also, you know, it takes your, it takes you a few seconds. And even once I'd seen a couple of these ads, it took me a few seconds seeing different versions of the same marketing to realize that I was not watching a snippet from a podcast. Um, particularly cause I just usually have my like, eyelids drooping and John, I'm just sitting there with drooling all over my shirt, street, <laughs> streaming for hours. So it takes me a while to kind of, I'm on autopilot basically, but yeah, I wonder what will happen next in terms of like, will you get people streaming and just, or pretending to do, pretending to like do Twitch streams and then they'll just be Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. So somebody be, somebody be Twitch streaming going, oh, I bet, I bet. I bet I can. I bet I can shoot the guy around the corner of this Call of Duty game that I'm mm. playing. Mm. Uh, and you know, you know what else is really getting me down? Uh, the, the fact that I've started to get dark circles under my eyes from yeah. gaming <laughs> yeah. so much. Yeah, I wish there was something I could do about it. <laughs> yeah, if only there was some kind of strips that I could use that were affordable <laughs> and effective. <laughs> I guess the other interesting calculation that they've made, I think. I think like people like you and me probably overestimate the negative impact that that kind of commercial would have because it's kind mm. of deceptive mm. at the at the start. I think people like you and me probably go, I would never use this product because these f- fake podcast ads are fucking lame. Yeah. Like, fuck you guys for doing a lame fake podcast. Yeah. And the guy's also fairly unlikable, that He's really fellow annoying. who's... <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah. In terms of uh, awareness, mm. it works. I mean, you and me are talking about it. They say True. that you need to be presented with a person or a brand about seven times okay. before you are familiar enough with it to then shell over your cash. Mm. And so even somebody who might have thought at the start, these are kind of lame. Yeah. When it comes to eventually needing an erection pill, yeah, uh, it's going to be top of mind. Yeah, yeah, sure. In the marketing world, because you're just going to go, what? What else do I know? Yeah, probably the only the only other thing people would know is Viagra, which is now like really '90s and kind mm. of your dad's erection dysfunction solution. <laughs> yeah, that's whereas right. you want to be a hip young hipster like that dude in the pod, fake podcast ad with exactly. His co- with I just want like real Melbourne look. I want to vape in in my uh, erectile <laughs> dysfunction substances. <laughs> I want I want blueberry blast erectile dysfunction vape juice. Exactly. <laughs> Bubblegum boner. <laughs> but I do love the, I mean those fake podcasts are coming up more not just through advertisements but I'm now being presented with people that are trying to build their own like personal uh, yeah. brand on Instagram. And yep. so their whole thing might be, or oh, I sell a course on how to like flip real estate or mm. I sell a course on productivity. And the videos that you'll be presented with mm. on 
Instagram are them with a classic podcast mic, like the Shure SM7B. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's very important we get that right. The Shure <laughs> microphone, and they are looking off camera, talking into the microphone very conversationally as if they've it cuts to where it looks like they've been asked a question, mm. but then you mm. just pay a little bit of attention and you go, nobody else is in the no room. No one's in the studio. Talking, they're not talking to anyone. This is not a podcast. Yeah, totally. The um, the one I saw the other day was from our great friend who we've talked about previously on the show, Timon Creek, I think is how you would Oh, yeah. Him, who does all the kind of straight to camera. I saw that. Like, He's yeah. starting to do a kind of like podcast style kind yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to go out tonight? Or he says, if you're texting, vibing with me, or we're, <laughs> or we're dating, you can check all my messages. I don't give a fuck. It's all just, it's all just about Hansi Kronje. And, uh, <laughs> and now he does. I'm just in 42 WhatsApp Hansi Kronje group. Yeah, I don't care totally. if you see that. <laughs> All I've uh, been doing is listening to Rodriguez <laughs> talking about Hansi Kronje. Yeah. Drinking <laughs> rooibos tea. <laughs> <laughs> and eating biltong. Um, and, uh, yeah, and he was doing this. with that. <laughs> he was just, he was doing the usual kind of Tim on Creek preachy nonsense, but he was just speaking into a microphone. And then you, you kind of listen to what he's saying and the pacing of it and you just think, what? fucking question would have prompted this nonsense like it's just <laughs> this is clearly just him by himself with a microphone stuck in front of his face so, i do yeah. think that i was thinking of forking this podcast john we could do mm. don't praise the machine and then we could just every, we could just once a week we could do a 15 minute team on creek <laughs> podcast just specializing in team on mm. and i wanted i wanted to call it up team on creek without a paddle. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. Hey guys, and welcome back to Up Team on Creek without a paddle. <laughs> the number one and only Team on Creek specific <laughs> podcast. Now, John, Timon's been posting a lot of really good stuff this week. And I just really need, there's so much to talk about this week. We really need to get to, get to it. Oh, with this next clip is going to be lengthy, bro. Ha, 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 ha.